There's a man one time. He had the power to perform miracles, heal the sick, cleanse lepers, feed multitudes, raise the dead. The greatest preacher that ever lived, greatest prophet that ever lived. At the end of his ministry, he was only running 120. How many disciples were there in the upper room at the close of Jesus' ministry? 120. Now, that's not criticize the Lord's ministry, but if after all he did, he only had 120 that were loyal to him, I don't know what we're expecting. Because I can't do things he did. Can't speak like he spoke, can't bless lives like he blessed lives, and so... Uh, let's let's just press on, do what we can for the Lord, and uh, be faithful till Jesus comes again. All right, we started this morning talking about Jesus as the Son of God. Got a little sidetracked, but uh, it was still on that topic. Uh, the designation Son of God is proof that Jesus is God. As Son of God, He defeated Satan and sin. As Son of God, He rose from the dead and ascended to the right hand of the Father. Believers may know Him as the Son of God and live by the Son of God. Let's start tonight in John 20. John chapter 20, we'll pray and then read this first verse of Scripture tonight. Father, thank You for these boys and girls singing about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Pray, we pray, that every one of them would sing for Him all the days of their life. We thank You for this Bible. Pray that you'd use it to minister in our hearts and help us uh, draw closer to your Son, we pray in His name. Amen. John 20, verse 30, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through His name. Now, He is... Jesus, He is the Christ, He is the Son of God. If you don't believe that, you don't have life through His name. That is His name, but you've got to believe on Him. If you do believe on Him, you have life through His name. Now, let's go back and pick up the one we covered this morning, just to make sure everybody has it. Some people weren't here this morning. John chapter 5, John chapter 5 and verse 17 that we might understand why Jesus, it's important that we believe Jesus, Son of God, why He was called such. Verse 17, But Jesus answered them, My Father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill Him, because He not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was His Father, making Himself equal with God. So the designation that Jesus is the Son of God, is a statement, according to the Lord who spoke it, the Holy Spirit who recorded it, and the Jews who heard Him, it is a statement that He is the absolute equal with the Father. He is not, as we said this morning, as the uh, New World Translation the Jehovah's Witnesses renders it, as the New American Standard Version renders it, He is not the only begotten God. 
He's not a lesser God or an inferior God. He is certainly not just a man and no God at all. He is very God of very God from the beginning of all things. Jesus Christ is equal with God. Now, what we want to do tonight, first of all, is run through a number of Bible references and see who it is in Scripture that recognize Jesus Christ as the Son of God, that is, recognize Jesus Christ to be the full equal of God the Father. Like to do that this evening? Well, the rest of you, we're going to do it anyway. All right, Psalm number 2. Psalm number 2. Who in Scripture acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the very equal of God the Father. The Bible says in Psalm number 2, I will declare the decree, The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my Son, this day have I begotten thee. So the Father, referring to Jesus before He was ever called Jesus, Come on, now this is way back in the Psalms. He's not called Jesus until he's born in the manger at Bethlehem. But he is called by the Father a thousand years before his birth, the Son. See that? Thou art my Son. So we have, before the birth of Jesus at Bethlehem, we have the Trinity... And the Father says of the Son, You are my co-equal in every possible way. The Father refers to the Lord, our Lord, as the Son. So according to God the Father, Jesus Christ is the equal of God the Father. Alright, let's go to Mark 1 and Romans 1. Mark chapter number 1 and Romans chapter number 1. Some Bible study time tonight. Mark 1 and Romans 1. Hebrews 11 class meets this week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday evening. Hebrews chapter 11 class. Just a little advertisement thrown in here, a little commercial message. All right. Romans 1, verses 3 and 4, we read it this morning, let's read it again. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated of the gospel of God. Verse 3, concerning his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse 4, and declared to be the Son of God, with power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection of the dead. And then Mark chapter 1, verse 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So, not only does the Father refer to Jesus Christ as the Son, but the Holy Spirit in inspiring the pen of Paul the Apostle in Romans 1, in inspiring the pen of Mark the Evangelist in Mark chapter number 1, the Holy Spirit says, write it down, He is the Son of God. In every way, the Son equal to the Father, according to the Father, according to the Holy Spirit. Now, while we're in Mark, let's go to Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter number 3. And verse 11. And unclean spirits, when they saw him, fell down before him and cried, saying, 
Thou art the Son of God. Mark 3, verse 24. Let's start at 22. And the scribes which came down from Jerusalem said, He hath Beelzebub, and by the prince of devils casteth out devils. And he called them unto him, and sent them in parables. How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house be divided against itself, a house cannot stand. If Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand but hath an end. And so the Lord responds to their charges that he's in league with the devil by pointing out that the devils, the devils said, I'm the Son of God. How come you don't recognize that? Look in Matthew chapter 8. We'll see it there. Matthew the 8th chapter. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 28. And when he was come to the other side of the country, the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils, coming out of the tombs exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? And then Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter number 4 and verse 41. And devils also came out of many, crying out and saying, Thou art the Christ, the Son of God. And he rebuking them, suffered them not to speak, for they knew that he was Christ. Now, liberal church members aren't of the persuasion that he's the Son of God. Modernists aren't of the persuasion he's the Son of God. Religious people of many different varieties do not believe that he is the Son of God. But every member of the spirit world, fallen though they might be, cast down from heaven though they might be, bound for eternal torment though they might be, when they spoke, they acknowledged... He was the very equal of God in every way, though manifest in a body of human flesh. They recognized Him for who He was. They acknowledged Him for who He was, the Son of God. Now think about this. The Pharisees have no prior knowledge other than their scriptures. The scribes and the Sadducees have no prior knowledge other than the scriptures. But those unclean spirits, those devils, those who followed Satan in his rebellion, they said, we know thee who thou art. Thou art the Christ, the Son of God. Now, I had to be convinced of that and, and instructed in that truth. And you had to be convinced of that and instructed in that truth. But these unclean spirits, their history goes much farther back than yours does. Their history goes much farther back than mine does. And they all, who every one of them whose speech is recorded, they testified that He is the Son of God. And they knew who He was the Son of God, who had come into the world. Now, how about Satan himself? Look at Matthew chapter number 4. The Father called him the Son. The Spirit called him the Son. The devils recognized him as the Son. What about Satan? Matthew chapter number 4. Matthew 4 and verse number 3. And when the tempter came to him, he said, 
If thou be the Son of God, command these stone, that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. Oh, you're looking up. How many of you think there's more to that verse? The NIV doesn't have any more. But the Bible says, But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taking them up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands shall they bear thee up, lest any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. Now, what do we know about Satan from the beginning? He is a murderer, liar. He assaulted in the very first hours his presence in the Word of God. He assaulted the truth by casting doubt upon it. Yea, hath God said? Well, of course he did. Hath God said ye should not eat of it? Of course he did. Hath God said the day ye eat there you should not eat? Of course he did. If thou be the Son of God, then of course he is. Satan didn't come to Jesus and say, if you are a giraffe. He didn't come to Jesus and say, if you are a motorcycle. Why would Satan come to Jesus and say, if thou art the Son of God? Because he knew exactly who he was. And he makes an attack. He opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. And there he is making his attack on the very person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He knew exactly who he was, and that's what he went after, and, and Jesus the Lord would have none of it. Amen. Thanks thanks be to God. Alright, so, the Father, the Spirit, the devils, Satan. How about Jesus himself? Matthew 27. Matthew 27. And John chapter number 10. Matthew 27. And John chapter number 10. If Jesus ever lied, then he's not the Savior. Jesus ever lied, then he's just one more sinner, one more imposter. I do not believe that he ever lied. I don't believe he was a liar. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I believe everything he said was true. I believe that. So let's see what he said. In... Matthew 27, is that the one I want? No, it's not the one I want. Uh, John, there we go, John 10, we'll get, we'll come to Matthew in just a second, I've got it in the wrong order here. John 10, verse 34, let's, no, 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 let's go back, 32. Jesus answered, The many good works have I showed you from my Father. For which of those works do ye stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. And because that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. See that? Not a God. Not one of the gods. They are going to kill Jesus because... He has said in no uncertain terms that He is God. Their God, the God, the only God, that's what He claimed. 
And they're going to kill him for it because they, they believe it's, it's blasphemy. He's speaking disrespectfully of God to say that he could be a man and be God. That's, everybody see that? All right, let's, let's go on. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? I said, Ye are gods, small g. If he called them gods, small g, unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him, whom the Father hath sanctified, and sent into the world, thou blasphemest, because I said, I am the Son of God. Say that? Now, what did he say of himself? He said, he didn't deny it, he said right here, with his life on the line, I am the Son of God. And when he said that, they understood him to be saying, I am God. Everybody see that? So, he didn't deny it, he didn't let other people falsely attribute that to him, he didn't let the devil and devils and, and, and men called him the Son of God when he really wasn't, but he just had a big ego. He said it. He said, I am the Son of God. They said, we're going to kill you if you claim equality with God, because that's blasphemy, and we're to put blasphemers to death. He said, you do whatever you want. I am the Son of God. Now, in saying that, look, if you don't believe in the Trinity, I don't know what you're going to do. Because to say, I am the Son of God, is equal to saying, I am God. That's how it was understood by the Lord who spoke it and by the people who heard Him. So, there is a Father, He's God. There is a Son, He's God. There is a Holy Spirit, He's God. These three are one. Now, the people didn't believe that back in the first and second century. They corrupted the Bible, and many Bibles today don't have 1 John 5, 7 in them. Look it up. There are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. That's gone from the modern versions of the Bible. Sad, but, but it's so. Now, He is God. Well, I don't understand how. I don't either. I don't understand how I could be translated from darkness to light. I don't understand all my sins be forgiven. I have eternal life. I don't understand how the Lord's going to shout and, and a trumpet's going to sound and I'm going to go from here to heaven and somewhere in the way my body's going to be changed from a vile body and made like His glorious body. I don't, there's a thousand things I don't understand. But I am quite enjoying believing them. And I will certainly enjoy the benefit of believing them. So he's son of God. That's what the Father said. That's what the Spirit said. That's what he said of himself. Now, what about the Gentiles? Now, let's go to Matthew 27. Matthew 27. And here's a man, we would, we would assume, that has no training in the Jews' religion. He's a Roman centurion. We would assume that he has not been raised in the synagogue. We would assume that he has not studied the law and the prophets. We would assume that he's just a good old pagan, heathen, Roman soldier. Now, we know he's a Roman soldier. We added the pagan part. That's what they were. We added the heathen part. That's what they were. But the Bible says in Matthew 27 and verse 54, Now, when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was 
the Son of God. How about that? Truly, this was the Son of God. Without any training in the Jews' religion, the manifestation of the glory of God in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ is such that a person can take one honest look and know who he is. He's more than man. He's God manifest in the flesh. That's what the sentient... Now look, if Son of God means completely equal with God, God manifest in the flesh, that's what the centurion said. Why would you assume it's a misunderstanding? Why would you assume he was confused if you, for a living, watched prisoners die? And you watched one who had suffered and been marred and beaten like no man had ever been marred and beaten. Endure that without a whimper, without a complaint, without a cry for help or mercy, and had power to lay down his life and give up the ghost by the speaking of his own words. You'd be convinced that's the Son of God. And that's what that centurion said that day. Now, you say, well, he's just a a Gentile man. How could he see that and know that in one day? Look at Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter number 8. We have here a man from Ethiopia. And he's, verse 27, a eunuch under great authority, under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. And he's been in Jerusalem worshiping. And Philip joins near to his chariot. And the man is reading from Isaiah 53 and can't figure it out. And so Philip begins to preach to him and explain to him. Verse 35, Philip opened his mouth, began the same scripture, and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Oh, there it is. Again, many of the modern versions have taken verse 37 out of the Bible. And, and they stopped the chariot and baptized the man without him getting saved. But, but the Bible says, verse 37, Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered. Now look, he doesn't know the Lord, he doesn't know how to be saved, he's reading the Bible and can't understand it. And a man begins to preach the gospel to him, and within a matter of, let's, let's give it two hours, let's say it's two hours. Let's say it's four hours. That's not a long time. This here's what the man says. He answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, then went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. How about that? You know what he just did? Listen, that man, with no prior understanding, that man who's been to worship, but doesn't know Jesus, done anything about Jesus, Philip says right here, he's wounded for our transgressions, he's bruised for our iniquities, the Father chastised him with our griefs and our sorrows. The Father put him to grief and then raised him from the dead and exalted him. And, and the eunuch said, well, I want to get baptized right now. And Philip said, uh-uh, 
Uh-uh, not unless you believe. And he said, I'll tell you what I believe. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And upon that profession of faith in the deity of the death, burial, and resurrection of God manifest in the flesh, Philip stopped the chariot and baptized him. Now, that's a man, look, the centurion, in one afternoon, he's convinced. The Ethiopian eunuch, in one chariot ride, he's convinced. Yeah, you want to see it? You want to see it somewhere else? Come to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter number 3. Daniel chapter 3. I find it very significant that the modern versions have altered almost every verse that proves Jesus Christ is God. Even more significant when you realize you have to believe that to be saved. Now, how many of you remember when the three Hebrew children were thrown in the fiery furnace? All right. My shack, your shack, and a bungalow. They get thrown down there in in the burning, fiery furnace. Funny we know their, their Babylonian names. We don't know their Hebrew names. Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. But those, are, those names have to do with God, the, God of, the, of the Jews. And so King of Babylon changed their name, Shadrach, Meshach, and to bed we go. And, <laughs> but anyway, the Bible says in verse number, uh, let's see, 23. These three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound in the midst of the burning fire furnace. Then the because the king was astonished. That's when you're so astonished, you just turn to stone. He you ever, ever been like that? My wife and I do that to each other. I'll come home after teaching Bible school at night, be 10 o'clock at night, and I'm tired, and I get out of the car, and she's hiding out there in the yard in the dark, and she'll come up behind me. Ah! And I'm a stony. You can't think, you can't move, and then I'll get her back. She'll be over there studying her lesson, you know, for Good News Club. Sneak across that living room, and it's really effective if, when you at the same time you yell, you just kind of grab her right here. So, if you ever want to do it, just right about here. That's a stonied. But as soon as you do it, you better run because she hits hard. (laughs) Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was a stonied and rose up in haste and spake and said, Now, you know, what's going to be bad is. One day, one of us, you know, we're, we're not as young as we used to be. One day, one of us, that's going to happen, and our heart's just going to stop, and we're going to be gone. And a paramedic will come out and say, well, what happened? And one of us is going to be so tempted to lie. <laughs> well, he's just sitting there, and I came up behind him. I, I scared him to death. <laughs> I've been saying it for years, but this time it really happened. <laughs> anyway, Nebuchadnezzar King was a stony. And rose up in haste and spake and said to his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound in the midst of fire? They answered, said the king, True, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Now the modern Bible's changed that. It says form of the fourth is like a son of the gods. It looks like Hercules or Thor or, you know, Johnny Unitas or, you know, Dale Earnhardt or one of, you know, the son of the God. But 
He says, he says the Son of God. And the commentators, they put a note down there to say, this, this, this rendering in the King James Bible can't be right because how would Nebuchadnezzar know the Son of God when he saw him? Well, how would anybody know the Son of God when they saw him unless they believed what they saw? The manifestation of God's love and grace and power is right before his eyes. Who else is going to walk in the furnace of fire and keep three men alive without even smoke getting on their clothes except God? And since God's invisible, everybody knows that, when you see a visible manifestation of God, you would say, that fourth one in there, that looks like the Son of God to me. He said, I just beheld God's equal. Now, the centurion got that one afternoon. The Ethiopian eunuch got that one afternoon. Why couldn't Nebuchadnezzar get that in one afternoon? And he did. And so, uh, so uh, Gentiles testify that he's the Son of God. And his enemies testify that he's the Son of God. We read some of them. Let's, let's look at one more. Uh, Luke 22. One more about his enemies. He's the Son of God. Luke chapter 22. Luke 22. And this is the Lord on trial. The Bible says in verse 66, And as soon as it was day, the elders of the people and chief priests and the scribes came together and led him into their council, saying, Art thou the Christ? Tell us. And he said to them, If I tell you, you not believe. And if I ask you, you will not answer me, nor let me go. Okay, this, this, we've talked about missionary work. Let's talk about witnessing a little bit. Have you told somebody? And they disputed, and have you told them, and they mocked it, and have you told them, and they just gave you a hard time? You're under no obligation to keep casting pearls before swine. Go tell somebody else that's going to listen. These men are asking Jesus, well, are you the Christ? I've, I've told you. I don't need to tell you again. You know exactly what I said. It's not that he doesn't want them saved. He's, just, he, he's, he's through with them. He's not going to waste any more time with them. Now, look, he said, Hereafter shall the Son of Man sit on the right hand of the power of God. Then said they all, Art thou the Son of God? Are you God manifest in the flesh, equal in every way to the Father. And he said unto them, Ye say that I am. How about that? What, what they discussed after their encounters with Jesus, when they went back dumbfounded, confounded, befuddled, humiliated, and sat up around their tables and discussed how to get rid of him, you know what they said among themselves? He's the Son of God. Because when they confronted him in that judgment hall and said, Art thou the Son of God? He said, That's what you say I am. How about that? Even his enemies acknowledged he was God manifest in the flesh then how could they go through with doing what they did? Don't you remember the parable? He spoke to them. This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance shall be ours. They would kill God manifest in the flesh rather than give up power. 
Holy Spirit said Pilate knew that for envy they had delivered him. Not for blasphemy. They agreed he was who he said he was. And they still wanted to kill him. Now, you know something? It's one thing for people that are ignorant of the truth to act against it. But when you're talking in your secret meetings and agreeing among yourself that he's the Son of God, and then you go out and say, we're going to kill you for blasphemy, for saying you're the Son of God. <laughs> That's why Saul of Tarsus, who was, who was one of that group, he's a Pharisee of the Pharisee. He's in those meetings. Probably one of the ringleaders. He said... I was injurious and a blasphemer. I did it ignorantly in unbelief. I did not believe that he could possibly be everything he claimed to be. And then the Lord appeared from heaven and he said, You know something, Saul? It's, it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. This thing's been bothering you for a long time, hadn't it? So, and that's, that's all those Pharisees. He said it. He proved it. He proclaimed it. He backed it up. And when they went and discussed what he did and looked at their scriptures to try and entrap him, everywhere they looked, what they saw matched what he was doing. And proved him to be the fulfillment of their prophecies of a Christ, of a Messiah, of God manifest in the flesh. And the more they studied that Bible, the more they knew it was true. That's why after his resurrection, the Bible says many of the priests believed. Wonder after after Saul got converted and began to preach, how I mean, you just got to know. Nicodemus came by night and he said, he said, we know, we know, thou art a teacher come from God. We know that no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Now he's standing there by himself. How come he said we know? He's one of the Pharisees. They knew. Saul Tarsus knew. The rest of them knew. They just didn't want him. It wasn't ignorance, it was envy. It was power. That's what they wanted. A lot of people right now in your town know who Jesus is, but he wants control of their life. And knowing who he is, they're not going to surrender to him. They're not going to give up control and power. Okay, let's, let's move uh, three, more, uh, test, uh, three more to testify here this evening. Uh, Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. How about the angels that did not fall, stayed true to God? Luke 1, 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, How should this be, seeing I know not a man? The angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. We see, ooh, and that, ooh, ooh, that's, that, that isn't right. Oh, it is right. Because look up there in heaven. He's the Son of God. He's the Son of God up there in heaven. And the angel comes and says to Mary, inside of you, God is going to form a holy thing. It's a body without Adam's sin. And into that holy thing, the Son of God is going to come. So Mary is not the mother of God. She's the vessel in which the holy thing was formed that God came to live in when He walked on this earth. 
the Son of the Son of God. He's God manifest in the flesh. Mary supplied the body of flesh. The Father supplied the Son to live in that body. So according to the angel, he's Son of God. He's every way absolutely 100% equal to God the Father. John chapter 11. How about his friends? The Lord did have some friends. John 11. Mary and Martha, they're at the tomb of his brother, or of their brother. And she said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. So the anticipation was among believing Jews that God would be manifest in the flesh. Not only did Christ come into the world, Son of God would come into the world. So he predates his coming. And these, these two sisters believe that. All right, one last witness, John 1. John chapter number 1. Let's get the testimony of John the Baptist. John chapter number 1. Verse 32. John bare record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining upon him, the same as he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. So, the Father, the Son, the Spirit, devils, Satan, Gentiles, angels, enemies, friends, and the forerunner himself all declared that Jesus was the Son of God. Matthew 14, we'll finish up here. Matthew 14. And verse 33. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Now, what did Jesus say to Satan on the mountain? Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only. Correct? Now these men want to fall at the feet of Jesus and worship Him. And He receives that worship. They call Him the Son of God while worshiping Him. He does not correct them. He does not rebuke them. He does not tell them to stand up. Because they're absolutely right. He is God in a body of flesh. He is love made manifest. He is truth made manifest. He is life made manifest. He is God manifest in the flesh. Now, 
There are symbols displayed throughout your culture asking you to coexist. In order for those with the cross symbol to coexist with those with the yin-yang symbol and the sword and crescent symbol and all the other symbols in the coexist sign, you must agree with them that he is not God, he is just a man. Or they will have to agree with you that he is more than just a man, that he is God. Unless they acknowledge the deity of Christ or Christians deny the deity of Christ, there can be no coexistence. And I don't believe that anytime soon the religions of the world are going to, to confess that Jesus Christ is Almighty God, the Creator of the heavens and the earth. So if we're going to have a one world unified religious soup, you are going to have to see denomination after denomination and minister after minister and professing Christian after professing Christian deny that Jesus Christ is God. And if there's one thing we have seen since we started last August, most of the names and titles given to Jesus Christ in the Bible in some way or another, remind us once again, He is God Almighty. More than a man, He is God. And without that belief, you're not a Christian. You might be an adherent to some Christian principles. You might be a follower of some teachings of Jesus Christ. But if you deny that He is God, you are coexisting now with the false religions of the world, and you will coexist with them for all eternity. You must believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and you must understand scripturally what that means. Absolute, complete equality between God the Father and God the Son. Praise the Lord. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for this word, this holy Bible the truth that it contains. Help us, Lord, to proclaim this truth to all men everywhere without hesitation, without reservation, without pride and without apology that our God came to this earth in the person of Christ Jesus the Lord, died, buried, was risen again, and that He alone is the Savior of sinners. Thank you, Lord what you've done for us. We praise you and we worship you. The heart, soul, strength, and mind. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen.